Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. It is always a lot of fun to do these, and we appreciate everybody that uh, listens to our debauchery. And we appreciate Tony fucking just coughing in the background. Spreading that COVID. Harry coughing in the background. No respect. No respect to our personal bubble, Jeff. Right here at Studio A at the Big Honker Podcast. Brought to you by Shin Gear Waiters. Folks, if you're going to buy you some waiters... You're going to buy waiters every single year. There's guys on here listening right now that buy a pair of waiters every year. And they dread it every year. Yeah. Oh, damn, I wish somebody would come out and make a good pair of waiters. So you got to cost waiters, but you can't have to pay a little bit for them, but they got a lifetime guarantee. So look up Shin Gear Waiters, and they have waiters in stock right now. Holler at them at ShinGear.com. ShinGear.com. They're built out of nylon, uh, and like Jeff said, they got a promise that they will stand behind their waiters for as long as you'll stand in them. So check them out at ShinGear.com, and you better hurry because uh, – Supplies are limited, so if you want a pair of the best waiters on the market, go check them out. We're also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. Enjoy a traditional corn mash whiskey, eight and charge new American oak barrels. You'll find a pleasant aroma of vanilla spice before galloping in a note of nougat, sweet corn, and a lingering caramel finish. Built on a dream, aged 25 years, handcrafted Bangtail Whiskey will create the perfect sip no matter how you drink your whiskey. Other than all that fancy shit, does it taste good, Andy? It is very good. There I do my go. whiskey sours out of it. Uh, you can drink it straight, however you want to do it. Bangtail Whiskey is the way to go. They can even ship it to you. You go to bangtail.com, and it will go right to your door. Bangtail.com. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. The boys up in uh, Spoke Compton. Trevor and Alex. You'll never meet two better guys in the waterfowl industry. Good people. I good mean, people, good product. Seriously. You can call them up at any time. Tell them what you're looking for. They're incredibly knowledgeable, uh, kind of about, you know, they can talk to you about maybe your skill set, and they can find a call that is best for you. The PCD is still one of the best duck calls that's on the market right now, and uh, I like their 206. It's what I use for lessers, and uh, you need to check them out at PacificCustomCalls.com, or you can call them however you want to get a hold of them, and they can find you a call that will work best for you. They're actually making Reese his, uh, his first goose and duck call oh that'd be awesome so that's going to be here for his birthday talk to trevor and he said absolutely we'd be happy to do it that is awesome you will not meet a better group of guys so check them out pacificcustomcalls.com we're also brought to you by boss shot shells listen the shortage is real if you want shotgun shells for this coming waterfowl season you better order them now and if you're a snow goose hunter that hunts in in february you definitely need stuff in the closet tucked away uh, boss shot shells, all American made products ship straight to your door. Um, and it hits like a freight train. Another Bismuth is the way to go. Another group of great, great guys, American made American craftsmen, boss shot shells. That's at bossshotshells.com. We're also brought to you by dirty duck coffee. If your coffee sucks, it ain't the duck. It's how we start our morning out here at the big honker lodge every single morning made here in the great state of Texas. They've got a blend for you, no matter what you like, whether you're a, a high-caffeine kind of guy or a mid-roast, whatever. They've got a blend for you. Um, uh, DirtyDuckCoffee.com, and you can pick what you want, and it'll go right to you. They've also got incredible-looking swag. I like uh, like their shirts. DirtyDuckCoffee.com has got uh, the best way. And they've also got a, a sampler pack, so you can get uh, all their blends shipped straight to your door. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. The tops for those two-by-four blinds game changer. might be the best invention that, that they've ever come up with. My grand dog is going to be riding around in comfort with a 
brand pad, new, yeah, brand new crate, extra large crate for his extra large big ass. Yep, a pad in there and a and, fan, and a fan, and I think we're working on getting him a flat screen TV so he can watch Scooby Doo on his way to the hunts every morning. Lucky so. Duck is working on the technology right now. But yes, if you've got a plus size dog like my my big boy Lou, uh, they now have a five star crash test rated dog kennel that you can safely put your dog in and not have to worry about him. You know. If something bad happens on the road. Listen, hunting season roads get icy. You want to protect your buddy, put that big-ass pad back there. Also, if you need a spinner, a, uh, A-frame blind, they're the way to go. And now, if you're a crane hunter, you can put those tops on the 2x4 blind and uh, don't have to worry about the cranes seeing the boogeyman in there. So I would check them out at LuckyDuck.com. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the leader in silhouette manufacturing Great guys there, too. That is one thing about our sponsors is every one of them is top-notch people, and they go out of their way for their customers. Dive Bomb. Except for the fat bastard at Stanfield Hunting. Yeah, he's a little bit of a dick. You're talking about Tony. Yep. Dive Bomb Industry, if you need silhouettes, they are the way to go. As always, you want to get the bag so that they pack up nice and neat, and you can stay organized during hunting season. It does not matter what you're chasing. They have got a decoy for you, whether it is uh, Canada geese, specs, snows, ducks. They've got... Uh, Canada floater line that they're really excited about. They're also coming out with the uh, the kickstand. Be looking for it whenever they say that they've got some in stock. If you want it, you better jump on it. Guys, if you're hunting a pond, southwest Oklahoma, northern Nebraska, wherever, you're hunting on a stock pond, take, and, and, and you got a bank you're going to hunt on, take you two dozen of those, those duck silhouettes and stick them on there. It makes your spread look so completely different. I'm telling you, the colors pop on them. It's a game changer. It's it's a, it's an inexpensive way to add your spread to kill a lot of ducks. So look up at <clears throat> divebombindustries.com. That's the way to go. We're also brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Uh, listen, they've got a couple products that I think everybody should need. If you're a waterfowl hunter and you got a dog that likes to, you know, go when the shot is called, you need the quick release system. It's a patented, which means it's extra fancy. You clip it onto your dog's collar, and uh, it's got a leash on it. That dog does not go anywhere until you let him. You just pull a little quick release, and away he goes. It's super simple to use. This cheap and uh, effective quick release system can be the difference between life and death. So I would highly recommend, no matter, I mean, listen, all it takes is one. So every dog, I think, as a safety measure, you could use it. They've also got their um, field trauma kit. Hunting is a dangerous sport. Uh, just every day you can cut yourself on a knife. It doesn't matter. Um, they have tools in this field trauma kit that I think every hunter should have in their blind bag and in their pickup truck because, it listen, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, plus, Alex Langbell, he's a, he's a super great guy, and uh, he's taken a lot of time to kind of figure out what they needed in this field trauma kit, and he had to figure out a way to make this uh, quick release system work, and they both work. So check them out at Gundog Outdoors. And uh, take care of that four-legged friend of yours. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. You put enough pressure on them, they are back going. Um, you go to Patreon and you become a cult member. And you can listen to all of their podcasts. Their entire library is up on Patreon. Um, the bourbon reviews are free to anybody. So if you just want to listen to the bourbon review, that's free. That's about 20 minutes and it's free to everybody. Uh, but if you want to get to the meat and potatoes of things, uh, donate to their Patreon account, and then uh, you can listen to Log Logan and Rebel 
uh, talk a bunch of shit. They're a lot of fun to listen to, and they're great guys. So check them out at the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. We're also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers, Mr. Matt Peel. He is touring the world. Got hunt tests all over, and I think he's stacking up them ribbons. Just ribbons galore from Mr. Matt Peel. He's a great guy, incredibly knowledgeable uh, about training labs and hunting dogs, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you should definitely follow him on Instagram, Goose Creek Retrievers. And if you have any questions or if you've got a dog that you want to send off and have Matt train it, professionally trained, check him out. Uh, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to. Uh, From a started to a finished dog, he can take care of it all. Whatever you need. He's a one-stop shop. That's at Goose Creek Retrievers. We're also brought to you by Eyesight Drones. It's the way to go now. Technology is just taking over. Don't. Guess what your crop's going to look like. Don't guess where your water's going to come from. Have them come fly your property. They can do animal counts. Don't be, takes the guesswork out of everything. It's 2021. Get with the times. Get with the times, people. The use for drones is endless, and they're going to be a part of society, whether we like it or not, for here on out, and it will save you a lot of steps. And like I said, if you've got a question about your property, your duck hole coming up for this waterfowl season, contact them, and they can... They can fly it and give you a survey of what it looks like. That's at eyesightdrones.com. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. We've made it through uh, most of dove season, a lot of dove season. A third of the, uh, half of dove season's over. Folks, if you want to shoot some ducks, holler at me. We have some prime Oklahoma dates left. Yes, I'm pushing this. This is new for us on the duck hunt. No, not new for us to shoot ducks, but we're really, really pushing on the ducks. Do a lot more duck hunting. So holler at us in Oklahoma to shoot ducks. We still got cranes and geese in Texas left. But if you want to do a shoot some ducks and shoot something besides ringnecks and redheads wherever you're hunting and you want to shoot some puddle ducks, holler at us for Oklahoma hunts. I've got a few dates left in December and I got some January dates still left. But that's at stanfieldhunting.com or call me and I will answer the phone myself 940-658-3172. You're going to feel like a real dickhead if they shoot a bunch of ringnecks that day. Well, I will, but I'll blame it on you. <laughs> okay, boys and girls, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Daniel Carter. He is a meteorology student at the great Oklahoma University. He's also a big-time waterfowl hunter up there, and uh, we just have a good time with him. Talk about the upcoming winter and what they're forecasting, and uh, we'll just go from there. It's a lot of fun. He's a great young man, and we hope that you enjoy it. Here he is, Daniel Carter. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Pacific Calls. I am Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. You going to speak now, or you want me to go ahead and introduce our guest? Uh, you know what? You just go ahead and introduce our guest. I think you've said enough already, Jeff. Our guest from the University of North Texas at Oklahoma, otherwise <laughs> known as OU, our best college football team in the state of Texas is in Norman, Oklahoma, Mr. Daniel Carter. Daniel, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're, where we're, where are you from originally? Uh, Raleigh, a little town outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. 
And, and you came to OU just for the, the meteorology school? Well, I, I tell my parents that, but really it was to, to hunt. But, you know, to, I tell my parents that. So growing up in North Carolina, did you hunt a lot of swans, or, or what did you Man, you I, I actually – I never hunted swans when I was a kid, man. Grow, drawing a permit is a lot harder than people think. Um, I went six years without drawing a permit. Because, like, um, what's this? What's that like? I mean, that's like the, the, the state – if you want to kill a swan, North Carolina is if, one of the states you, yeah. that you go to. Yeah, if you want to kill a swan, if you draw a permit, you will kill one. There's no, like, you're not going to kill one, you know. I mean, there was there – was, fields down there that i scouted that had 25 30,000 swans on it you know Jesus. yeah i mean it's just crazy and you know those birds are big they they take up a lot of room on those fields now how many can you kill you get a permit is it one, one per year one one per year yep you get one per year and if you wound one uh and you don't recover it it counts that's your that's your permit that's it that's crazy so what yeah. is it about north carolina that draws all these swans in, in east, it? Is it just- east coast yeah, east, being on the East Coast, man, that uh, the ocean, just like the sea ducks, man, they absolutely love it in North Carolina. A lot of food there for them. Uh, yep. It's just, it's the place, it's the place where they now, go. Now, is that where they winter at? Like, when swans yeah, get they, there, that's yeah, where they, they stay? When, yeah, when they get there, that's where they stay until they go back north. That is, like, the place to be. That was one of the big market hunting areas back in the early 1900s, because I've got a couple of books on them. Mm-hmm. And it talks about really some cool stuff. I had a guy from North Carolina that hunted with me 30 years ago. And he, <clears throat> he was an interesting old guy. He did not start duck hunting until season ended because <laughs> there was too much pressure on him during season. <laughs> yeah. And his limit was a sack of ducks. Really? They'd go out and kill a burlap sack of ducks. And was his dad a fucking market hunter or what? His, da- his dad and grandpa both were. And he was a professional gambler, drinker, partier, carouser, and poacher. And he lived in Almorada, Florida, and fished, and he'd go back home in North Carolina and shoot ducks in the off-season when everybody else was done. But he was an interesting guy. Did he ever get busted? Nope, never got caught. Because he told me one time, he said, the key to doing it is, is you use corn, but you dye it black. You put it in black food coloring. That way, when the feds fly over the top, they can't see it on the water. Yep. Listen, a lot of people do that still to this day. A lot of people do that. Yeah, I noticed from talking to him, that there's not a big difference between southern Louisiana and that area, that low country, and what do they call the area in North Carolina? Is it's? The- I mean, it's it's just a lowland. You know, it's called. I mean, it's originally called the Outer Banks. You know, you you're, you're shooting ducks in the Outer Banks and in those those big old, you know, just just tide pools basically, um, where a lot of people go and you know fish as well, but a lot of people just like to shoot ducks in them. About a lot of backwoods rednecks there, huh? Uh, yeah, you yeah. That's so, that's a lot of our hunting. So you lived on the Outer Banks. I got a question for you. Okay, uh, I like I like the show Outer Banks. How yeah. many chicks are running around looking like that little hot little blonde that don't wear a bra on that show? Well, okay, so we have a beach house in in uh on on the Outer Banks, you know. And I'm not gonna lie, you you can walk around and you'll see you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of people like that. <laughs> I'd be uh, walking around, but I mean. That uh, that show is really true. Uh, the kooks and the pogues, the rich people and the poor people. I mean, it's it's a real truth on the on the coast. So no real, there really is a kook and a pogues. I just thought that was oh, a TV. Yeah, no, I mean, like the 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 actual like term came from the TV show. Um, but like that is actually a very real thing in society. Like it down in there, you have the people that live on the island, which are the rich are the kooks, and then the people that live inland are the pogues. You know, they don't have the money to be able to live on the island and stuff. I bet the pogues are more fun to hang out with then. Absolutely. 
Now, are they are they inviting to uh, outsiders? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on on who you're who you're around and who you're with. You know, if you there's a lot of big old like redneck boys that live, you know, on the inland side, and like like he was saying with the poaching, you know, that's a huge thing too with those boys. I mean, we have a huge problem with the fishery with poaching. You know, catching way too many fish and keeping way too many fish. Hmm, that's crazy. So. You got drawn. How many times? How many swans have you shot? Zero. None. You've never He's been never drawn. Done. I thought He's you said you drawn. got drawn one He's year. He's nineteen no. years old. He said for six I'm years not. he didn't. Yeah, I went six years. I only started applying when I was like twelve, and I I applied from when I was twelve to eighteen and never got one. And then now I live in Oklahoma, so it might never I happen. So, yeah. are you a sophomore though? You're a freshman. I'm a sophomore. So you know, are you still having to live in the dorm? No, I am. I am in a house with some friends. Thank goodness. The dorms were horrible. Are you a frat daddy? I am in a Christian fraternity on campus. Well, it's still a fraternity, though. Yeah, it is. Some of the it funnest is. chicks I ever dated were Christian preachers' daughters. Yep, that's what they say. The preacher's daughter. So I saw the cross behind you, and you're a young man of God, and I think that is wonderful, and we need more of that. So God bless you and your family for raising you that way. Uh, good transition, Jeff. From what? You were about to go down a path of debauchery with this poor kid. <laughs> what was I going to do? And then he was sure to throw out to you, listen, I am in a Christian fraternity. So. He listens to this podcast. So, you, know, you know how I, I am, do. aren't you? That was yeah. a very, I do. That was a very no. well-executed well transition. When yeah. I look at this young man right here and I see that cross and I see those ducks and geese on the deal, I'm not dealing with Mikey Soberano. I knew that from time one. As soon as I talked to this young man. Oh. And you're on let me, time. Let, let your me, hair's not greasy. It doesn't look like you combed your hair with a pork chop. Like, I there's, not. A, there's a lot that distinguishes you from Mikey. Let me tell you, Mikey came and stayed with us for four days, for three months, I guess, last week. What did he do, Andy, already? So him and Gabriel, we had a couple days off, and they wanted to go teal hunting. Well, they hit me up and say, hey, can we borrow the spinners that you've been using, the Lucky Ducks? So, yeah, no problem. Give them, give them the two spinners I've been using with four wings. That's the important part of this. So I finally have clients, and Mikey's at breakfast, and I say, hey, Mikey, I need to get those. I tell Gabriel. I say, Gabriel, I need, I need those spinners for this morning. Okay, they're in Mikey's pickup. Mikey goes to his pickup, hands me two spinners and three wings. I said, Mikey, I gave you four wings. You've had, it, you've had these spinners two days. I need the other wing. Oh, fuck. So he, you know, he looks like, uh, what's the movie? Uh, Uncle Buck, where he's like looking for a wrench or whatever. He's just throwing shit in his pickup. And, you know, there's there's half-eaten corn dogs. He's pitching to the side. And, you know, there's, I would say condom wrappers, but we don't, we, you know, that'd be a lie. It's just, it's just a madness. It's just, it's like pig pen. Throwing everything out of his pickup. Tore his pickup apart looking for this one wing. Well, we're 15 minutes in, and I'm like, he's not going to find it. Open a box of another Lucky Duck that we have. I take the wing out of it, and then finally as I'm walking outside, he's you know, he's doing this number like, I got the wing, I got the wing. And it, had, it he finally found it after about 15 minutes. But had I not said, hey, I need four wings, he would have just given me three and walked about his life. No problem at all. So, anyways, you're no comparison to Mikey. So, let me ask you about this. Before we get into all this stuff with you, because you're an interesting young man, Christian fraternity. What what's yes. it like? Do y'all have hazing and stuff to get into this, or what what's the man? 
you know, um, we, we really try not to, you know, and I, I think the biggest thing with us is it's, it's the fun in it. You know, it's not, it's not the, 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 the crappy stuff, you know, getting all that, getting into that, you know, we, uh, we really like to have fun, um, in our fraternity, you know, and, and we like to praise God and praise Christ as best as we can on campus. So So do y'all have parties? Like we do. Um, we do, uh, but we typically don't drink at our parties. Um, just kind of, kind of chill and you know have fun with some guys. See, I could have been in a Christian fraternity because I'm not a big drinker. Yeah, I could have, and I believe in God and I'm a Christian. Now, are there some hot chicks coming to these things? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, they're, they're, I'm, I'm game. I'm, I'm there, right there, Andy. Yeah. Hmm. Is it too old for me to join your fraternity? <laughs> I mean, technically, if you become a student at OU, you could, you could join. Well, I mean, if, if you take, if you take one class. You could do it. So here's the deal. If Michelle gets hit by a bus or something, <laughs> I decide, you know what? Hey, I'm going to go back to meteorology school because I would enjoy that. I could be like, uh, what was that show with Rodney Dangerfield? Coming to America. No, that's Eddie Murphy. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Get back to school. Mm-hmm. So that, could, that could be, You two guys are too young for that. Okay, you're a meteorology student. I yes, love sir. meteorology. You're friends with Reed Timmer. Yes, sir. I'm a big fan of Reed Timmer's. I want to go chase tornadoes with Reed Timmer. Can you make this happen for me? I most possibly can. There's, most possibly. There's always, most possibly. possibly. You know, there's always there's always the the factors of it's also Reed, man. And if you know Reed by any means, he is the most spontaneous, craziest person you'll probably ever meet. Well, I mean, he he needs to learn how character. to buy. He needs to learn how to think about buying gas until it's too late. He's really bad yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, I would be more fun than Gizmo, his dog. I could drive because he needs someone to drive so he can do all the other stuff. Yeah. And I speed, so we would get there a little faster. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. I, I would be the perfect person to go with Reed, and he can just let me drive one day. But I'm telling you, if I could call a favor for someone, I don't need Sammy Hagar tickets. I don't need – I'm going to see Elton John. I did get that done. Any of that stuff – but getting to ride with Reed Timmer and chase tornadoes, I would take that as a personal, personal thing that someone done for me that I would be indebted to you. So I'm just throwing that out there at you, okay? I think we will definitely have to get that done. Okay. Absolutely that, that, have that, to get that, that done. That would make my day. So are we going to have a cold winter this year, Mr. Meteorology Dude, Sun? Man, I really think I think it's going to be a lot like last year. I think there's going to be oh, a really warm, a warm, a warm part. And then I don't know if you remember after season that huge deep freeze. Yeah, well, yeah we all remember that. Everybody in America yeah. remembers that. But you're not telling I us think, anything we want to hear. I think that that's going to happen earlier this year. Well, how early? Like November? Like, like, no, no, no. Not November. I wish. Man, it, I was looking at models, and it was still saying, like, late October. Looking at, like, the CFS 756, uh, like forecast, uh-huh. it's still saying like 75 degrees in North Dakota in the middle of October. Right. You need to explain to all the people that aren't weather What's people because me and you are talking above Andy right now. Explain to Andy what yeah. that means. I know exactly what ba- it means. Well, hold on, hold on, CFS. just a minute. What's it mean, Andy? Chicken fat steak. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> tell, tell you what it means. Uh, a CFS is basically a forecast model that they use, and there's like, if you go on this website called Pivotal Weather, it'll show you every single forecast model there on is. My favorites. Um, and if you go through it. There's like certain ones that only go out to like 84 hours or like 24 hours, you know, but this one goes out 
for 768 hours, mm -hmm. which is just ridiculous, or 784, ridiculously far in the future, 32 days. And how accurate um, is it? I'm not going to say it's 100% accurate, by no means. But, like, um, but are it, we talking 50-50? It's, it's pretty like, close. Are we within... How, okay, I mean, so in this model, it says that 75 is the highs yeah. in the North Dakota. Is that plus or minus 15? Is it plus or minus 5? Like, how close? I'm going to give it a plus or minus 15, most likely, but okay. I don't think it's going to be over 75. Right, so right. I'm just going to say, Obvi yeah. yeah, I'm going to say under. Right. Definitely going under on it um, if I was a betting man. But so, so it could be 75 to 60 degrees in that yeah. range is what we're looking yeah. at. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's not you're not you're not telling us anything that's uh, positive. Now no, hold on now. Let's let's change this for us personally. That don't bother me that much because we're not going to be pushing as many specs away. Well, yeah, that's <clears> true. Y'all so won't for us, be pushing specs and, out. And Cody Crook called me today or texted me, and he said he saw his first two flocks of white fronts today. Did you get that too? Luke texted me. Luke texted you same thing then. Yes. Okay. Well, and they run together, but. Uh, I'm curious tomorrow with this cold front if we will see some specs here. I don't think we I will, think, but I wouldn't be. But if we did see one, I wouldn't be surprised. I, would surprised. Be no. I think that y'all are going to see a lot of teal push down there well, we more than that. anything. The rest of the teal that are left, right. I think there's going to be a lot that push down, especially South Dakota is getting down to like 45 tonight. I think that's going to push a lot of birds out of there. Um, which for teal, you know, 45, that's cold. Okay. I think that's going to push a lot of birds down. I'm on pivotal weather right now. Go to models and CFS. What does CFS stand for? Central uh, Forecast Station? They, no. Um, Don't honestly, get me lying to you. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm with two weather experts. And no, 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 no. He's a weather answer. expert. I'm just a. I'm with one weather expert and an amateur gynecologist, and I can't get an yes. answer. So what are you um, what are you looking for, Jeff? I'm, I'm I'm wanting him to walk me through to where this this I've never seen this model that goes out that far on this one. Oh, oh yeah, the CFS goes yeah it's seven hundred and sixty eight hours. Okay, okay, that's yeah. and that's um that's and if you go to it, hit continental U.S. and then go to your well, it doesn't actually have region in this one. It just has like the continental yeah, U.S. I'm looking at it right now. Um, you go to your loop, you know, and I mean, literally, you can go super far out. You know, you'll see when you're hopefully going to get some rain, some precipitation, you know, um, way out there, you know. So how do they come up with these models? They just they just look at everything that's kind of shaping up around the world and then it goes into yeah. a bunch of algorithms and. Yeah. So best really guess? a lot of a lot of meteorology is based on history. OK. Um, like if. When these exact conditions happened, you know, 36 years ago, what occurred? Right. Um, and that's what they kind of base it off of. And, like, uh, I'm sure Jeff knows all about this with tornado chasing. That's that's literally how they, they base severe days, you know. They're going to say when these exact conditions occurred, this is what happened. You know, last year or 20, 2020 during COVID, uh, May 20th was supposed to be a huge day for Oklahoma tornado-wise because the models were the exact same of the – 2013 more tornado mm -hmm. um which was an ef5 you know the models were like identical to it but it ended up busting because horrible the cap bust. never broke That's yeah right. horrible bust you know it ended up completely busting well we, which was a good thing because i mean i mean that was literally like a high over the metro it was boring for us though yeah very boring for chasers we had this. We had the same thing happen in 2018 or 19, and we we let our kids out of school here early, even one day. Oh, I'm sure. Cause yeah. Because they, they caught that locally. 
listen, I, I don't want to brag, but I'm the Damon Lane of Knox County. So anytime Jeff is a guy people call all the time. Oh yeah, weather stuff. My phone. And then what's bad is when I'm chasing storms, my phone's blowing up from people, and they're uh-huh. like, "Listen, I can't ain't got time to answer everybody's question." Watch. Yeah. What gets me is people that can't look at a damn radar. How hard is it to pull up a freaking radar? Dude, I just want people to understand how to use radar scope. Radar yes. scope is the easiest thing in the world to use, and it literally tells you if there's a tornado. Like <laughs> yep. it is the it is the easiest thing in the world to use. I hate when people pull up like the my scope radar or something and it's just a big blob of green and it's like oh it's raining yeah i'm like there's a lot more going on than just rain that, that's exactly right so, so which one's the one i have uh, radar scope is the one i have radar scope. radar scope yeah i, I use both my you don't like my radar ra- you don't like my radar it's not as good as radar scope is radar scope. radar scope yeah and and if you if you're ever if you're in an area that you know gets severe weather i highly good. recommend just buying the the pro for it it's, yep. it's well worth 39.95 it. well, a year i think well worth it what what makes it worth it versus you, the free app it's got uh signatures it shows it shows circulation it shows everything Vorticity, everything Every- i mean literally like if you look at it and you're like man i need to know if this has rotation you can go to the setting and it'll show the rotation yep. right where it's at i know? will um that's the way when i call you and say there's golf ball size hill 10 miles south of town right it's because of that radar yep and that's what I look at, and that's why I know when there's there's hail going to come. And Hell you know it's yeah. funny? When you tell people, you know, we've got big hail coming. It'll be here in about 10 to 15 minutes. And then it doesn't hail. Then, it, because it falls, hail cores come up, yep. go up and down all the time. And it don't hail, and then 10 miles down the road, it hails again. And like, well, golly, you lied to us, didn't it? And then when you don't, you say, fuck it, I won't tell you then. And then you don't tell them, why didn't you let us know? Well, with hail, you never know. It comes and goes. What's yeah, the, what's I mean, the biggest hailstorm you've been in? Um, honestly, not that big. Those those two really good chase days last year, March thirteenth and then April twenty seventh. Neither of those had super big hail no, that I didn't. was ever in. Um, uh, April twenty seventh had some big hail that we started to go into, you know, and then you know we uh, we got out of it. But I haven't been anything big. I was actually chasing in DFW. It's a bad place uh, to be. Yeah, I don't remember what I was. It was sometime in late April we were chasing um, a moderate. We chased DFW. We ended up getting a tornado that day. You know, it was really really good. Um, but we were literally out running CD size hail for 45 minutes, going 70 miles an hour down back roads because we didn't want to get hit by it. You know. I I got into some hail at Elk City, Oklahoma, uh-huh. four, four, five, Elk six City. years ago, <clears throat> and it was. Uh, Baseball to softball size hail. Oh, yeah. And that's the biggest hail I've ever been into. I was at the uh, the March 13th was up at Happy, Texas, and LaForge yes. and all that. Yeah. And the biggest hail we got into that day was probably pea-sized and a little bit bigger, but a lot, lot, lot of tornadoes that day. It was a fun day but to chase. It was a great day to chase. I mean, we we just we, – we started all the way down – I can't even remember what the town was called. You were called, down by honestly. Lubbock first. Yeah. Okay. So we started in we started in uh, Memphis, I believe, um, and then we went all the way up to Claude, and then chased down the the line. We chased the Claude tornado, then we got the Clarendon tornado, and then we got the Happy tornado. Yep. We all were... in that same line. So but do yeah, you? I think, I do think you want? We got. I mean, coming from North Carolina, was the first time you saw a tornado out when you got to Oklahoma? No, actually, I was in high school my junior year, and a tornado literally came through my high school in EF two. Why y'all were y'all were y'all in school like under your yeah, desk? Yeah, we were, and I was the only reason why we took cover because nobody 
nobody else in the in the school knew what the heck they were talking about. I literally ran to our office in my high school and I was like, look, you need to get on the announcements right now and you need to tell them to get in cover because there's literally a tornado coming. Literally went straight through our high school. Ooh, Pat, damn. Went right through. So what what were you doing? You were looking you were looking at I was I was looking on at, my I scope. Was looking at ra- yeah, I was looking at radar scope and I was just like, man, this looks bad, you know. And then I get the alert on my phone and it's like tornado warning. Then there was a vorticity signature, and then there was a rotation signature, and I was like, man, I was like, we need to get like in like cover now, you know. Um, one of our teachers ended up going outside after I said that because they just didn't believe me, and they literally looked, and there was yeah, a tornado they can see from the high school, and they run inside. I have never seen my teacher run that fast <laughs> in his life. Um, so did you? Were you fascinated with weather before that? You've always been fascinated life. with weather. Yeah, my entire life, man. Growing up in North Carolina, hurricanes were a huge thing. Right. Um, and I think the biggest thing that got me hooked is that I saw those weathermen being able to get people out of places and evacuate places and being able to help those people. Sure. And that's something I want to do in my life um, is be able to help people. So you want to be um, a TV, you want to be a TV meteorologist? Man, I I am currently like in the broadcast meteorology program at OU, but. Honestly, I don't know because I've kind of fallen in love with this whole waterfowl thing, you know, um, and I would love to work for the, the wildlife department, you know, and try to study how this these this weather affects, you know, the migration of waterfowl and stuff. Well, maybe you could become a biologist and have pull some of their heads out of their asses because most of those guys I've noticed ain't very smart. Is that, yeah. Is that safe to say, Andy? You're not disagreeing with me on this one, are you? Pretty nope. safe. So uh, do you know Damon Lane? I do not. I, he, he likes my tweets and comments on my tweets all the time about weather, but I've never met him personally. He used to be in Abilene, Texas. Right. Really? He's, yep. I did not know that. He's got the coolest job. If you're going to be a tornado, a meteorologist, Oklahoma City or Wichita, Kansas, I think would be the two coolest places to be. I agree. I've, ch- I've chased a lot of storms because when Oklahoma City is going to get bad, and they haven't had it in a couple of years, they yep. do a lot of live news where he runs all the time, and they've got yep. Val Caster and his wife are doing their thing, and they break in yeah. all the time. So I hawk off that, and I listen to radio, and I'll keep up with the TV saying, and I cheat and go that way a lot of times. Yeah, no, I absolutely would. I mean, they're 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 a huge lifeline for chasers as well. Just having a weather radio or anything like that. Yeah. Um, is great for chasers. I'm a big time hawker on that because I'm not a meteorologist. I can't tell you the name of the clouds. I can tell you where tornado is going to be. I watch it and I love to do it, but yeah. I don't pretend to be a meteorologist. I just can read a lot and study and steal from a lot of other people. So yeah. what's <clears> crazy <throat> is like so. <coughs> excuse me. You want to be you're you're right now you're in broadcast media, meteorology, but with like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook like you almost could reach more people if you could build the audience. Like Joe Bastardi, I Reed mean, Timmer. Reed Timmer. I mean, Reed Timmer is literally the, the, the name of the game for that, you know. He had his own TV show. He had, he had everything, you know. Right. He is the name of the game for social media weather. And that's why Twitter weather is so big. Everybody yeah. uses Twitter for their weather. Yeah, now. it's crazy. Like you almost like if you could if you can play your cards right and build up a good enough reputation, you don't have to get in front of a camera when yep. weather starts to break because you can reach, you could reach people globally. You could live in yeah. Oklahoma and be like, hey, uh, this is going on in North Carolina. You got hur- you got hurricane coming. Seek cover. Yeah. Whereas if you're for a local news network, those are the only people that you're reaching is when weather events occur in that area. Yep. So. 
it's a, it's a crazy time to be alive. I mean, it really from top to bottom. Joe Pistardi too. I was reading his deal the other day. He is. Are you familiar with Joe? Yes. Joe has got. Uh, there's a lot of cities that subscribe to him and pay yeah. him a salary. I mean, he's doing really, really well for himself. But he had one of the cities was surprised that they had to, they had the flooding the other day from the hurricane. He's like, well, I had three clients that's in that metro area, and they all knew and were prepared and ready to go. Right. You know, and he does I, – I read a lot of his stuff, especially when it comes to winter weather. And actually, young man, he said the same thing you did about us going to have a major cold – another big polar vortex. Yes. He says it's going to be earlier. I can't get him to commit to November time frame, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I wish I don't he would. I don't think it'll be November. <laughs> I don't think it'll be November, but I think it will happen earlier this year than it did last year. Well, I hope it's while the days are still short and not when they start getting longer. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you think that there's any way – that the government can control the weather. No. No. I'm no. with, I'm with is, you. Not at all. It, you don't think there's no. something on the North Pole and no. they're sending this shit in February or whenever? I don't care what, I don't care what people say, no. There's no harp system. Not. There's no harp there's system? No, no. No harp system. It, it is not, like, physically, it is not possible to produce weather that large. Okay. Like, I mean, there's just no way it could be done, you know? Like, and I'm not going to say you couldn't make something to make, like, a small little rain cloud in the sky, you know? Right, because they do cloud seeding in, what, Dubai? Exactly. They yes. do it here. Yeah, yeah well, they do it here. They're doing it right but, now. Like, they need to do more of it because we're have fucking all, dry. They have all summer. Yeah. But. Go ahead. Like, he I don't us. think that they, there's no way you could physically do that, you know? But, like, I have a bunch of people come up to me all the time, and they're like, hey, since you're a meteorologist, can you make it rain this day? Because I know yeah. the government controls the weather, and I'm like, guys, it's like happen. we don't. It's like we can't. Listen, I literally take, I take my classes in the building where all of the weather alerts come from in the National Weather Centers, where all of my classes are. Yeah, and they they think a 19 year old young man at the University of Oklahoma has got enough pool to get to make it rain on a certain day. Let me yeah. tell you, y'all would have won a national championship in football the last 10 years if you had that kind of pool. Yeah, seriously. Well, so, listen to me. If you do have that kind of pull. Oh, he's a duck hunter. He wants to do the same thing we want. Well, that's hey, true, too. Dude, I'm glad you're on my corner. You're in my corner, and you're close enough to us that there, there is a lot vested interest. Like, a lot of the land that I hunt in Oklahoma, dude, I went and scouted, and there's no water in any of my ponds. Right. Like, nothing. And I'm like, last year, these ponds were four or five feet deep, and this year, there's no water in them. Yeah, we— Like, we, this is not good. We we needed a hurricane to hit Brownsville, a rain-making hurricane, not a horrible yeah. one, and to come up to West Texas around Midland and then go straight north up to about Oklahoma City where we'd get about an 8-inch rain is what we've been needing. And we've been needing it for a while. And we had a wet summer here, but it's going dry fast. See, we did not have a wet summer in Oklahoma. Dude, I can't remember the last time it rained. I've yeah. been in, I, I stayed in Oklahoma all summer. And I, I literally – it rained like two times all summer, I swear. Yeah, it's been a very weird year. Um Back to the temperatures. They're seeing specks in Kansas, which these are going to be calendar birds anyways. It's hot in the Dakotas. Um, it doesn't look like a break. I look at Carrot River, Saskatchewan is one of my things I look at every day. And I looked at yeah. their 10-day forecast, and I think they're still in the 60s 10 days yep. out. And it's just – it's not looking good for the start of season. Yeah. Hey, I will <laughs> say I, I'm looking at this model right now, that CFS that I was looking at, and it's saying October 22nd. It, it might dip below freezing. Oh, no shit. Maybe. In, Maybe. in Oklahoma City? No, 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 no. In North Dakota. Oh, Jesus Oh, that's Christ. horrible. They used to have – I've seen them have yeah. blizzards up there in October. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know, which is terrible. It says, I mean, where where y'all are around, it's 80 degrees for a high. October 20th? Yeah. I can guarantee you two things. I'm going to the East Coast mid-October. It will be cool and rainy while I'm there. And what are you? What are you going to the East Coast for? We're old. We go look at. We go look at the foliage. They go look at leaves. We're gonna nice. go. We're gonna go to Stovermont, Maine, Boston, Salem, nice. that all kind of stuff. We do old folks stuff, stuff <laughs> that you will be interested in in about thirty years. Now, look, Maud, look and, at that leaf. Andy is going to St. Lucia in two weeks. Ten days. Ten days. There is going to be a major fucking hurricane. No, we'd already know about it. Ten no, days out. No, you wouldn't. It's over, though. It'd be in Africa still. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, it'd most likely be in Africa still. I mean, you're looking. Take six days. Yeah, you're looking d- days out. In yeah. five days, if there's not anything Seven. coming, I'm I'm good to go. You just watch this. Five, yeah. There's going to be a miracle hurricane that's going to hit. Andy and them fuck up everything they do. So you just, it's going to happen. Is there any hey, like, disturbance off Africa that I should be worried about right it, now? It won't matter right now. Ten days yeah, out, there should no. be something. It would it would be like in the next two to three days is when you would start to see something that would be worrisome. I mean, but you know you could always have something like the the hurricane that just hit Louisiana. You know that literally started two days before it hit and became a cat five. So you make you feel days. better. Just, just just y'all don't fucking talk about it and it won't happen. <laughs> I mean I don't understand why we've got to talk about this shit. If you just, well hopefully it doesn't. If you just don't talk about it and don't. Don't pay attention to the elephant in the room, then it's not a problem. Yeah. All right. We'll go with that. I mean, shit. I got harp on my side. They're going to, like, push something away. Because, <laughs> listen, he's not. you're not going to tell us anyway, even if there was a I harp. Mean, you're in the system, bro. You're part, yeah, of, you're, you're, part of the mo- you're part of the machine, man. I mean, you. but you, like, right now you have Rose and Peter that are already hurricanes in the Atlantic, you know, and then you have one disturbance off the coast right now. He's part. Um. He's part of the. He's part of the. He's part of the man. Um, so, how does cloud seeding work? Do you have any knowledge of that? I have not. I don't take a clouds class until my junior year, so I don't really understand that stuff yet. Because I think in Dubai they make it rain there like every single day at the same time. Like we're gonna cloud seed and then it's gonna rain <laughs> for so many minutes. Or it's you crazy. Me, do you want me explain to you how it works? Sure, please do. They take. I think. I think it's aluminum sulfate. And they, that they, doesn't surprise me. And they fly in that, and they they shoot it into the clouds. And if there's any kind of moisture in it, it it it's not a guaranteed deal. But they've been doing it in West Texas and a lot of the Panhandle for all summer long. I know that. I know really? the city of Knox City didn't get in on it, but we paid for it for a couple of years. I mean, it's yeah. a legit thing. I don't know how much of it works and how much of it doesn't. We're going to switch to waterfowl now. We've talked weather enough. Well, <laughs> it's fucking all tied together. So. You you love waterfowl. You've got an Instagram page called Yes sir. Silva. Called, yes sir, Silva. Silva. Now where did the name Silva come from? Um actually uh came from a buddy at home. Is he um, Mexican? Sh- nope. Okay. Just Silva. He thought that's funny. We got Silvas that live here and I thought that boy don't look Mexican. And then when Harry <laughs> when Harry Potter answered the deal a minute ago on the Skype, I thought that damn sure boy ain't Mexican, I'm telling you. <laughs> so uh where all do you waterfowl hunt at? Man, I do like ninety nine percent of my hunting in Southwest Oklahoma um, now. Whereabouts? Do you want to tell um, people or? Not really wanting to tell people. How so far? It's a, how far are you from where we hunt at up there? 
uh, what, four out, three hours to Knox City, I think? No, 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 no. We hunt in southwest Oklahoma also. Hobart. Oh, really? We, we I hunt, did not know that. We hunt around Hobart and Altus. We got a bunch of okay, places. Okay, so I'm. I mean, I'm not too far from y'all. I'm a little bit more east from y'all, but I'm around that area. Okay. I bet I know where he is. I bet I have no clue, but I'm gonna guess a lot in that area. Yeah. So, anyways. And maybe not. Hey, maybe if you're hunting on private land, it don't matter anyways. Let me tell you That's something. That's true. Seven years ago, we started. We were hunting in Hobart. We were the only people hunting around there. Now there were some people hunting on their own, but there wasn't no yeah. outfitters around there. Now yeah. you can't throw a rock in the fucking pizza place at nighttime and not hit seven guides. See, that's that's the thing that I really like with where I'm at right now. I have a solid thirty by thirty square mile block <clears throat> that is just like mine. That's good. And like nobody else hunts it, which is really nice. You know, I might see a couple of high school hit kids here and there. You know. But no guides, no anything like that, which is really nice. I'm not having to deal with anybody. Well, you better take in my area. I wouldn't be taking no pictures, and nope. I wouldn't be telling nobody what you're doing because it won't yeah. take long, and there'll be everyone there. We all we hunt all private stuff, and we got everything yeah. tied up, so we're in good shape. But man, it's a those guys that are day leasing up there every day. It's a freaking rat race. See, that's the thing. I'm I'm basically locked up completely with private in that area. You know, I got in good with a couple of the farmers last year. Um, and when I got in good with them, man, it was kind of just like, they were like, this is yours, like, use it. And I was like, sounds good. So now let me ask you this. Is the bird, is there a big enough bird population where if somebody did stumble upon it, like they would be like, oh, fuck, this is where we need to be? Or is it kind of one of those deals where like you found it and there's really only enough birds to like sustain what you're doing? Yeah, that's kind of how it is. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to guide a couple days this year really just to help me pay for just like my hunting expenses, you right. know, just random whatever. But I like there couldn't be a guide service that says, hey, I'm going to hunt in this 30 by 30 mile block for every day for an entire season. Right. There's just not enough birds to do that, you know. Are you going to be hunting people from Oklahoma? Yes. Um, I actually have some people coming from North Carolina too. That's what I would do. My advice to you is I'd keep to out-of-state people yeah, because those in-state people are going to be like, hey. hey yeah, you. exactly. Yeah, I think I'm only – I have one group um, from Oklahoma that are that are coming, but they are not big waterfowl hunters. Um, Yet. They're like they're – the, they're, yeah, they're, I, they're the type of guys that have like a dozen floaters and like some Cabela's waders. Right. And now, is it mostly ducks or is it uh, – is there geese also? Man, it's a, it's a lot of – Widgeon and geese combos. Oh, those are fun. Those I are mean, good hunts. Yeah, good hunt. those are good hunts. Yeah, I mean, I, I ran across a field last year that probably had about, I don't know, 6,000 lessers mm -hmm. and about 3,000 widgeon on it, sure. you know, and that was a that was a heck of a day. Yeah, they're fucking stupid. Both of yeah, them the, I lessers See, that, was the, first time, that was the first time I had ever hunted widgeon in a field. <clears> and, man, they, I mean, it wasn't even like. They didn't even care. Like, we didn't no. call her anything. Nothing. Got off the roost, came right over, and just right in. Didn't do anything. Cotton tops and you fat know. chicks. They're both guaranteed to give it up. <laughs> so Sorry, I didn't, uh, you know. He is in a Christian fraternity, Christian Andy. Be respectful. I, I needed to. Hey, hey, myself. hey. I, li I, like the, I like the jokes. Yeah. Well, it's, you know. Well, you're on our podcast, and you listen to it, so you know that anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Bad thing is, it's not a joke. I've known a lot of fat chicks. <laughs> So your Instagram is pretty good. It's growing. It's very popular. You take yes, a lot sir. of good pictures, good content, and that's still at, what, what, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's at Silva Waterfowl. 
Uh, but yeah. Right now. What are you doing, Jeff? I was going to pull it up. I've got it on my deal. I just didn't look at oh. it today. So, I mean, with what you know about weather, I mean, can you look at things and, you know, kind of plan accordingly a little bit further out? Like, do you think that that gives you uh, an edge over us uh, knuckle-dragon waterfowl guides? You know, I, I really think it gives me an edge because I am understanding when these birds are going to push and when they're not going to push. Like, I know a lot of guys that hunted last year, they're like, man, we have a 22-mile-an-hour wind tomorrow. It's going to be a great day. You know, these birds are going to absolutely eat it up, whatever, you know. And I'm like, yeah, you have a 22-mile-an-hour wind, but it's out of the south from a warm front. <laughs> and I was like, these birds are going to hate it. Like, they're, they're not going to enjoy you know, that warm right. flight coming up, instead of it being, you know, 25, it's going to be 46 tomorrow morning. Right. Um, and a lot a lot of people just don't understand that side of it, you know. A lot of them are just like, oh, wind? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I think I have an edge definitely looking at, at models and stuff. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'll look at like the seven-day forecast on my local weather channel, which typically isn't, isn't the best, you know. But I'm, you know, I'm looking 12 to 15 days out. You know, looking to see when those cold fronts are going to come through and when I think birds are going to push down <laughs> in front of those fronts and behind those fronts, you know. So let me ask you this. The Farmer's Almanac, is that all horse shit? Like, where do they, where yes. do they even come up with that? Yes, it's horse shit. It, dude, it, it's literally, like, a lot of people buy the Farmer's Almanac book because they're like, man, my great-great-great-grandpa went by this, so it's got to be right. right. And, you know, I will say sometimes they just hit the nail on the head, but it's pure tea luck. Like, it is just pure tea luck. Where do they even come up with their models? Honestly, I'm going to guess that it's pure tea guesses. I'm really? thinking they're on a cycle. What would what, yeah, we, oh, we print in 1937? That's what we're going to do again this year. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of that's kind of how I look at it. Um, like, they said, they said, like, like, they say this year, Farmer's Almanac, they're like, oh, it's going to be flip-flop weather right. all year. And then we're going to hit a polar vortex, and it's going to be negative 50 degrees, you know. And I'm like, I just I just don't see, you know, it being that that, that different. There's no science on it at all. My, no, there's My, my dad used to talk about it all the time. Farmer's Almanac said. Tony talks about it. We were, yep. going to look I, at a, we were going to look at a teal spot, and Tony's like, now, I don't, you, know, you better get your cold weather gear out early because the Farmer's yep. Almanac is telling us it's going to be a bad winter. And I'm like, mm, it's, I think it says that every year. Mother yeah. Na- Mother Nature can give you a lot of clues on things. Yes. <laughs> Mes- mesquite trees down here, they say, if the mesquite trees bloom, your last freeze is over. If the mesquite trees have a lot of beans, that means something, supposedly. A guy the other day shot a skunk somewhere, and it had a quarter-inch fat on it. And he said that skunks will tell us what's going to happen. If you get a fatty skunk, it's got a lot of fat, it's going to be a real cold winter. If it doesn't have much fat, it's going to be a lean winter. So yeah. I guess it depends which, which thing you believe in. But then it also depends on how big the skunk is and how old the skunk yeah. is. And that's just like, yep. you know, that just. I think people want, I think people only look at evidence if it reaffirms what they want to see. Like yes, I shot a skunk I and I, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, like you like, oh, I shot a skunk and maybe I want a cold winter. So like you see, oh, yeah, it's got a quarter inch fat on yep. it or whatever. You only yeah. see the signs kind of when you want to see them. Yeah, I agree. I, my prediction for weather is I think it's going to be a very mild winter because every mild we've, that's all we've had in the last freaking 15 years other than yeah. the cold front we had in February. 
I don't expect to have much winter. We're in that cycle, and until we have a cold, until we have a, a, a cold front that's that that, that or a winter that's a cold front every seven to ten days like we used to have, yeah. I just don't see it happening. Uh, I can tell you this much: it's been a warm, miserable fucking September. And I'm expecting October is going to be about the same. We've had a gradual cool down in the mornings. It's kind of nice. But it's it, what's going to be 101 today here? 104. And then tomorrow it's going to be 78. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Tomorrow, that cold front coming through tonight is going to be incredible. Um, I am very excited for that. I think that's going to push a lot of birds in a lot of places. And I hope they bring suntan lotion because it's going to be freaking hot again by the weekend. The crazy yeah. thing is, is used to be when we got a front, we got rain, we got thunderstorms. There's not, it, 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 we won't get any rain at all if we get anything on this. And this is, hey, a, it's killing us. I agree. That'll be, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, I think we'll see a lot of severe storms though in, uh, in October because the atmosphere is so unstable from not having anything, I think we're going to see a lot of severe weather in October. I'm going to hold you to that, and I hope you're right. Well, explain that. What do you mean? So, like, the, the atmosphere gets destabilized as, as you don't have these events? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you have a very, very stable atmosphere, it might be great conditions, but having a stable atmosphere is not going to do not going to produce super well. But having a very unstable atmosphere, you know, is going to make you have a lot more severe weather. But, can, but what what destabilizes the atmosphere? Uh, pressure a lot of the times, um, and it's just any sort of uh, like air partials or anything like that. You know, your condensation level in the sky, um, just anything like that is gonna is gonna change the stability of the air. Mm. Well, I sure hope you're right. I can t- I can count on one hand how many times I tornado chased in the fall. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember last year when I first moved to OU, I didn't chase one time. Um, but I, because I just don't think there was anything last year in October, you know, everybody always says there's a second chase season in October, but I just don't think there's it's, very, it's very small. Yeah. Very small. How, let me ask you this going to OU meteorology school, a high risk day, which we hit. I don't even think we had one last year. We had one a couple of years ago. On we, had those, it, we had it in Mississippi. I well, I'm it. not, I'm not going to, you can't see shit there. That's a good place to get killed chasing in the trees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a high-risk day in western, southwestern Oklahoma, the Texas Panhandle. How many kids in meteorology school are going to actually be in class those days? Everybody's skipping. <laughs> Including the Everybody's. teachers? Dude, I'm not even kidding, probably. Like yeah. last year, right, last year on the March 13th day, we uh, there was they uh, one of the people that works in the National Weather Center sent a picture of the parking lot, and it was like Chaser Convergence, and it was before all of us were leaving. There was like 200 cars in the parking lot, um, and it was you know during the middle of COVID, so they didn't have that many people working, so it was like way more cars than they had seen in such a long time, you know. And like I mean, realistically, everybody's gonna go chase those big days. Um, that's why in the spring semesters. All of our meteorology classes for upper division classes are all in the morning. Makes lots of like sense. Like 8, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. or earlier because they know that we want to chase. Even though chasing is not condoned by the university, they know we want to chase. They, so yeah, they, they don't be like con- extra credit. They don't condone that shit, but their shit's in the middle of everywhere you go. Yep, so. that's the thing. So the, the biggest thing with us is we're not allowed to wear any OU gear or have any OU stickers on our car or anything OU related when we chase. Because they could be like, oh, OU student drives into tornado, you know, and that makes the university look really bad. Right. 
Right. OU um, meteorology student drives smack dab into the middle of an of an F five. See, I'm still I'm still old enough where I remember it was just the F scale. I don't know where you kids uh-huh. have come up with this new finagled EF scale. It's, EF five. Yeah. Uh, that's silly. Well, you when do you go back to the? It's when. Listen, if you've got an F five tornado bearing down on you, you don't need to waste time spelling out that other letter. It, it save save lives. Go back to the F scale. I've been chasing storms since 1987, 1988, and going all the yeah. time, just and just around Wichita Falls and stuff. And I've seen a huge, huge increase of the traffic on the roads, and oh, especially yeah. the last fifteen years. And I tell people all the time, like I'll do videos of it, and they'll be like, "Where are all them people coming from?" That's how popular it is on a big chase day. I've been in some lines that are five and ten miles long, and we're talking oh, thirty mile an hour traffic. And we're going to have a huge incident. It's going to be a ver- it's going to be horrible. But we're going to have a fatality accident where somebody is going to be looking on the side, looking at a tornado and running, yep. plowing a bunch of people standing on the side of the road with cameras. Yeah, that's. I think that's going to happen at some point. Which I hate to say, but like, I mean, I don't know if you remember April twenty third. That is the most well documented tornado of all time, but it's solely because there was literally. 4,000 chasers on the road that day, all on the same road. Yeah, they don't. people don't realize what it's like. They, 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 they just they have no idea. And I'll take someone out with me for the first time, and they're like, God, where did all these people come from? Yeah, exactly. I was, I was at uh, Memphis, Texas probably, probably four years ago, and Reed was still in the Dominator then. Yep. And we said, well, we're going to go out west of town and sit and park. Because it's just starting to have some built some clouds initiate. No, no, yeah. nothing going. We went to Sonic, got something to drink, something to eat, and we pulled there. And I even take lawn chairs with me sometimes because sometimes you'll sit for an hour or two. Oh yeah. And we went out west of town, and we got to a clearing up on a hill, and I and I come around a bend, and a buddy's mind's like, God, what's going on up here? I said, Those are all chasers. And there was guys playing with their drones and shit. There was a thousand people parked yep. at a four way intersection, and I'm half mile in every direction. There was cars lined up. Doesn't surprise me. Look like bit. a damn rock and roll concert in the middle of nowhere. And that's, yeah. people just don't, it's a very popular deal. And I guess OU's, and, and you see college students from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we saw, we met some college students from Texas Tech last year. Um, and then a lot of OU people go. Oh, it's OU kids are everywhere. You see them all. Yeah. And they can say what they want to about no fucking caps and hoodies and shit. But I see a lot of OU garb on. But yeah. you're also in Oklahoma, so every Tom, Dick, and Harry goes to Walmart there buys an OU sweater. Yeah. Now, what has led to this increased popularity? Is is weather just easier to – I mean, it's on your phone all social the time? Media. Re, social media. Social media, read Timmer. Yep. But, really? And it's, it's not a bad thing either, you know. Like, chasers are a huge part of the community because they are the first to know. They are the reason why these news networks know that tornadoes are coming and are spotted. You know, it's a huge thing. But it's really just social media that has really just blown it up, you know? Right. I mean, it just... Every, everybody thinks they can go and go and chase tornadoes. <clears throat> yeah. Even though a lot of people just don't understand it. Now, let me ask the you this. The foreigners are the dangerous ones, though. And I don't mean this yeah. to sound racist, but... Why? Because they spread COVID? No, because they don't pay a fucking attention to shit. They just park in the middle of the damn road. Oh. I jumped a guy's ass out from the Netherlands or somewhere about caused a damn accident. They just stop in the middle of the road. They don't... I guess Europe is so much different than here, and and there's a ton of Europeans that come over here to chase because they don't have them. Have you run into all the Chinese people in the big vans yet? No, I have not. I I have heard about them, but I've never run into them. 
It's the best thing ever. They pull up and they all jump out. And they're all taking pictures and shit. And there's not soul in there, and, and they all speak Chinese right. or Japanese or yeah. wherever they're from. But they don't. They don't have tornadoes where they're at. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, China this year has been huge with tor- tornadoes. That northwest side of China, I don't know why, but they have just had an insane year with tornadoes. And Italy. Italy yesterday had four tornadoes and like four deaths. Jeez. Damn. Well, yeah. I bet you can go to China and chase, and I, mean, there, I bet there's not a big line of people chasing storms. No. There. I bet you can have it all I, to yourself. But I also would be so much more scared to chase in China because literally it's like chasing in Mississippi. Yeah. It's just trees. Like oh, you can't no. See hell anything. no. So let me ask you this, and this might be a, a tad controversial, but <clears throat> is there global warming? In my opinion, yes. from what I have learned in meteorology, I believe that, yes, it is a thing. Okay. Because of what I have learned. Do you think it's man-made? It, yeah. I think a lot of it is man-made. Um, like, I really think I, I, the, the world goes through cooling and warming cycles. Like, we know this. You know, there's ice right. ages and then there's really, really hot ages, you know, right. which is 100% real. But I think that, like the pollution that that the earth is producing is definitely causing a warming because of, you know, like the ozone layer is depleting from our pollution, which is causing the earth to be warmer from the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely think it's a thing, but there's also warming and cooling periods of the earth as well. Okay. I'm going to debate this with you because how old are you? 19? 19. Yes, sir. You've never seen a cold winter. You've seen a cold snap like we had last year. Yeah, I've year. seen a cold snap, but I've never seen a cold winter, especially growing up in North Carolina. Right. I never saw a cold winter. Well, we haven't had much of a cold winter in 20 years, so that's what I was going by. Uh, but you have a hurricane or a hurricane, an earth or volcano erupt. Yeah. Uh, like Mount St. Hel- Helens did in 1982, 83, 84. I can't remember what year it was. 1980 maybe but anyways when st helens erupted she put more co2 gas in than we're going to combine for 10 years putting in oh the yeah atmosphere. i totally yeah i totally agree and i think it definitely is is natural causes too just from the earth i totally agree with that and so the politicians try to sell us this all the time but they all you know obama bought him a big old house on uh martha's vineyard he wouldn't be buying a house on the ocean if he was thinking the, the ocean was going to raise three or four feet and all the polar yeah. ice caps they tell us so I think they're trying to sell us some bullshit, but man is not good for the the, the world. I'll give you that for sure. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I would agree with that. But now I'm going to push back on that. We only found out what we were doing to the Earth about 50 years ago. Yeah, Lord, probably early, probably later than that, probably like 20. To I'm, realistically, what we were doing 20 years ago. I mean, let's 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 not. You know, yes, we do pollute the Earth and everything, but. I think when we finally found out what we were doing, we've corrected a lot of courses. Um, we have. So, you know, and let's not, let's also not get this twisted. Mother Nature is doing her absolute damnedest to kill us all the time. Yes. So. Well, we, we get, we get griped at for cutting down the rainforest, but. No, we, there's more trees now than there's ever been. But we also. We produce more oxygen from the corn we plant in the United States of America than any of the rainforest does. Yeah, and they don't they don't t- they don't talk about that. I <clears throat> I'm not going to debate the fact that we, that we it's have warming a, right th- that's global warming of some sort, climate change, whatever you want to call it. But I don't think as much of it is man made as we get credit for. 
I don't think you can control the weather, and if anybody wants to argue that with me, get up in an airplane and fly in about 36,000 feet and look out your window, and you really honestly think that you're going to affect all that up there. It ain't happening. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I think that, you know, it's put out more to to than, like, what we actually do, but I definitely still think it's there. You know, and I, I think plastic is not good for the environment, but I don't know what the answer is. Um, Tell you what, it's not also not good. It's, I got one fucking fly. It's a shitty fly. That's why it's bothering <laughs> it just you. Keeps, it's like <clears throat> buzzing me, and I can't yeah. kill it. And I do think we've overpopulated this earth. I think the earth was a whole lot better when we had 100 years ago population-wise. Oh, yeah. we, we that I mean, that's like why my generation, a lot of people are like, like not having kids in my generation now. Um, and like one thing that I, I mean this in like the best way, but our generation is screwed with social security. I've, like, I've said that before also. Like, like we're, I mean, literally like there's not going to be a social security. They said not, 2034 is supposed to be broke. It wouldn't yeah. be, it wouldn't be broke if they do with what they're supposed to with it. Yeah. But, but it just sucks. But you're, you're 19 years on, old. Jeff. You don't need to be having kids anyway. Hold on, Jeff. Oh what? yeah. No. What? You're saying that we've overpopulated this earth. We have. Who are you going to ask to leave? I didn't say we was going to leave anybody. We just need to quit having so many damn kids. So you think we should go to like a China policy where they can have one boy? I didn't say that we, that we need to I'm institute a policy. I'm asking you. Oh, I don't. You're being the, part of the problem because all you're doing is throwing out this <laughs> issue, but you're not giving me any solutions. The problem is. That's it, called being, you're not giving me anything. Okay, I'm going to give you something you right here. That you think will rectify it. I'm going to tell you right now the problem. One of the problems. we got thousands of problems. One of the problems is the people that are not assets in our country or in our world are the ones having all the fucking kids. So we should ask, so I'm asking you, what should? What can we do to curtail that? Do we tell these people if have you're on Demo government? Tell the Democrats to quit fucking all the time and having kids. That's be the best thing happened to our country. Okay, Jeff, you're not being realistic here. Well, no, But that's okay. You, you, can, you asked me the problem. The problem is the people that keep having no, all the kids are the ones that are the problem in I this country. I did not ask you what the problem was. I said, how are you going to fix it? And if there's too many people on this earth, who do we ask to leave? Oh, I don't know that we ask leave. I think it's going to take care of itself because these young generations, like he said, they're not having kids anymore. <clears throat> yeah, and that's, I think. And that's going to happen more and more. I, I, I saw that in Japan or China that they've really dramatically dropped off on the amount of people that are having babies over there. That's because they can't. That's because they went yeah. to this policy that you could <laughs> no. only have, you could only keep the boy. That's not, so there's nobody to breed with over there. That's why you're not seeing any more kids. That, that Those people aren't having kids no more. They're having because virtual they only sex had boys. instead of real sex. Because for an entire generation, they only let you keep the boy. They were throwing girl fetuses in the trash can. Well, go down to Australia because it's the opposite there. They got more women than men. So now they can't find a suitable mate in China. That's why you're not having kids. You don't have a fucking population of girls. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Perfect. I'm telling you right now, I don't know. There's so many problems in the world, but we, we, we have overpopulated this earth. We, I'm sure we have caused some changes in things. Back in the 1800s, they had well water, and there were springs everywhere across the Midwest. You don't see that anymore. We've tapped into all the water and the wells and everything else we've done. We have definitely hurt this rock because we have overpopulated it. And I think everybody would agree that there's too many, that the population is way too much. I think we just overuse our resources yes. way too much. I mean, like, there's so much food on the earth <laughs> That just gets wasted and thrown away like that yeah. as well. You know, I feel like there's just so much that we do that, that like could help us, but we just choose not to, I guess. You, 
you think 1900 Dodge City, Kansas, they weren't throwing away food every day? I don't. I mean, no. I think it would be a lot better than than oh, what it is today. I doubt there was very much waste at all. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Um, do you do you have they ever had a course where um, they talk about the aquifers and stuff and how we've you know put every well or every straw into the drink? You know, we we kind of talk about it in our our like weed out intro to meteorology class, um, but I think that that one thing they really talk about is like how I just, they, a lot of people just think we've, we overuse right. the earth, you know, and overuse what we have. Um, I mean, that kind of goes back to, you know, we were talking about pollution with, uh, with, you know, all these like battery operated electric cars now. Um, but you know, what people don't know is the mining for that lithium for right. those batteries yes. is causing just as much as regular old gas would, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's another thing is, you know, everybody wants to, everybody wants to put on these regulations for North America, but then you've got countries like Russia or China that are not playing, they're playing by, you know, let's do this by any means necessary. Or Mexico. Or Mexico. So you're, if you're not going to get the global stage on board, you're kind of shitting uphill by, you're just hurting yourself. Yeah. So I don't know. But Jeff, you, you know, quite quite insensitive towards I'm population quite, problem. Why? You just are. You're just an ass. For the record, I'm on the record as saying if we had less Democrats in this country, we would be a whole lot better off. Okay, shoot me. It's true. Are you disagreeing with that? No. That's ugly. All of our liberal, all of our places in this country that are shitholes are all liberal ran. Yeah, but you need them. For what? You got to balance it out. You got to balance it out. Yeah, we're, we're we're overbalanced. That's our problem right now. So uh, you come from North Carolina. You moved to the most conservative state in this country because Oklahoma is the most conservative state. It is. Every county voted red. A lot of great people in Oklahoma, and a few dumbasses. <clears throat> you like going to Oklahoma? You like going to OU? Dude, I I absolutely love it. I just love Oklahoma as a state. Honestly, it's a good place. Um, it is, and you know OU's great. Football's great. Um, it, it's a lot better than Texas. Horns down hey, always. Easy. Y'all's coach is from Texas, isn't he? Uh, I don't think Lincoln Riley's from Texas. Oh, uh, he is. He's from out in the Panhandle. I did not know that. Yeah, well, he, he went to school at, at Texas Tech first. Ah, guns up, baby. Didn't Baker Mayfield? Isn't he from Texas? Yeah, Baker is from Texas. Isn't Kyler yep. Murray from Texas? Yes. Yes. yes he is. Yep. He's isn't from J- as well. isn't Jalen Hurts from Texas? <laughs> yep. Okay. Just wanted to make a point right what there. What about to Spencer you. Rattler, Jeff? He's from Arizona. Yeah. yeah he's from Arizona. <laughs> he's not as good uh, as the other three, though. I don't think. Yeah. I, I. I. Okay. I think talent-wise, he's as good, but he doesn't have the swagger on campus that like Baker had. Baker on OU's campus was like, you know, he had the swagger, but he had the the means to back it up too. But like Spencer doesn't have that on campus, you know. He, he just goes and plays football. He well, doesn't it, have, like, the campus Well, it, here's why. If Baker, Kyler, and Jalen weren't playing football, they'd have still been pulling in nines and tens. If Spencer Rattler didn't play football, he couldn't get a date with a three. Hey, I, I'm not going to say yes to that, but <laughs> I don't, don't not agree. I, yeah. he, uh, it, it's hilarious. There's a lot of people on campus that talk about that. He's um, not an attractive man. Yeah. By by any means, he can play no. football though. He is a good football yeah. player. I'm not taking nothing away football. from him. Yeah, uh, Adrian Peterson. Where's he from? 
Texas. He is. Billy Sims from Texas. Texas. Brian Bosworth from Texas. So just want to go ahead and point all that out there. Hey, hey, Oklahoma this year apparently has a lot of really good high school recruits. So we'll see what comes out of Oklahoma this year. Yeah, but y'all are going to recruit all y'all's kids from Texas like y'all always do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I like Oklahoma. The state of Oklahoma is great people. If I had to pick a big metropolis to live in, it would be Oklahoma City. I've said that many times. It's a good place. There's nothing wrong with Oklahoma at all. It's a whole lot better than Arkansas. So let me ask you this. When you finally finish school, are are you wanting to stay in the Oklahoma area, or what are you I'm guessing he's going to say yes. I'm going to stay somewhere that has good (laughs) waterfowl hunting. Waterfowl and tornadoes. Waterfowl and tornadoes, which Oklahoma, Kansas – those are great places, you know, and the thing is, if I decided to go into broadcast, you know, I'm going to have to go somewhere with a bigger market, you know. I can't go to, you know, BFE, Kansas, you know, and, and try to be on a news station there, you know. So I think I'm going to end up staying in, like, you know, Lawton, Oklahoma City, maybe Kansas City, you know, Wichita, somewhere somewhere in that area, you know. Yeah. And honestly, I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to going to Texas either. You said Lawton, Oklahoma. Yes, That's sir. not really a big metropolis. Well, it is not, bigger. but it has it has a lot of viewers. What about um, Omaha, Nebraska? Maybe I feel like that's a little bit too far north for me. I still need some 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 warm weather. Have you been to Lot in Oklahoma much? Yes. And you actually would choose to live there. I would not live there. That I would the, work there. That I is would the, work there. That is the ghetto there. of Oklahoma. Oh, like literally, they call it the Shady 580 for a reason. It's fucking shithole for sure. I'm telling you right now. I mean, that is literally like, that (laughs) is, that town is a a place to say the least. (laughs) I mean, I, man, I don't know. Last year, the end of the season, it was like two weeks left. I really needed to go. We were about to shoot big geese and I was like, man, I'm going to go get some, some three inch BBs. Couldn't find any anywhere. You know, I go to this random pawn shop. (laughs) And I was scared to death. I was literally in, like, the shadiest part of Lawton. But they ended up having three-inch Winchester BBs, but I had to freaking pay, like, $36 a box for them. That's a who good the, price now. Who the fuck is pawning off their no shot shit, shells? that's what I'm th- Right now, you could get a bunch for them, though. No shit, because we've got a oh, lot. Yeah. we got a whole lot of cases back there. If, if, I, need, if I get strapped for cash... We're going to send Man, those to a pawn shop. I, I freaking wish that I could find ammo. I have been looking for so long. And the problem is everywhere around here has a a, a, a limit, you know? Right. Like the local Cabela's and Bass Pro up in Oklahoma City are like two boxes per person. Take some of them Christian boys with you in your frat and go get you about 10 cases. Yeah, I know. That's what I need to do. That, well, the problem is that you can't even buy. I mean, I'd have to take a hundred people there <laughs> well, to get five to get five cases. Now, hold on. You listen to the podcast. How how long have I been saying that you need to go buy shells? Oh, I know, and I have been looking. I when I so go to June, Boss. June. Oh, I see. I bought Boss, and then they they ran out of twenty gauge. I think they might have uh, more now. Really? Oh, dude, if they have more now, I'm definitely gonna buy some more. Well, you better. I you like, do it before this comes I'll take, out. I'll text Brandon right now. Yeah. Cause I, man, I tried to get on uh on on staff with them, but uh, I just didn't get anything back. But I don't know if they have a staff per se. I'm we're not we're right not now. on staff either. Yeah. But we're on first names with them, so yeah, they take care of I, uh, us. They're a great sponsor for us. Oh, dude, I mean they're they're an incredible company, and yes, I, they I are. love I love their stuff. You know, I bought two cases of twenty from them that I have right now. 
Um, and I mean, I absolutely love, I shot them at resident geese a couple weeks ago and man, they did the job. I mean, I was shooting 30, 40 yard shots at big resident geese with a 20 gauge and I mean, just putting them down, you know, I'm, I'm super excited to use them this year. They're a good company. Good, very good friends of ours. We have a great relationship with them. They are good, good, yeah. good people. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Are you a waiter guy? Um, dude, I have never, I mean, growing up in North Carolina, I had waiters because of, um, because of just hunting in swamps, shooting wood ducks and stuff. But man, I don't just about ever use them in Oklahoma anymore. Um, just when we hunt farm ponds. Dry hunting is so much better, isn't it? I totally, see in North Carolina, dry hunting isn't a thing. Like ducks don't go in fields because we shoot two wood ducks and that's an incredible day, you know, um, just i i love the dry hunting aspect of it once i really got into it i was like man this is exactly what i need to do you know this is like what i love um but you know i had i had a sponsorship with gator waiters in the past love their product and everything um but ended up not working out um kind of kind of got away from them shin gear Yep, I uh, being being a college student, I can't afford fifteen hundred dollar waiters, but I wish I could. They got. I would do. They have I would product. Do anything. They have product now. If you want some machine cares, you need to jump on them right now. You know, I know. I just, there's a lot of older people that are going to be really jealous of you that's listening to this podcast. You you're a very smart young man, and you're following your passion, and you like you like to chase storms, you like meteorology, and you like waterfowl hunting, and so you've went to university, and you know at 19 years old that you want to live somewhere like that. There's so many people out there that want to live somewhere, would like to move because that's their passion, and they, they get caught on later in life, and they can't do it till they retire. So I want to wish you the best in that because I am, I am very proud for you, and you're a very, very nice young man. And if I had a daughter, I would want her to bring home a little plump version of Harry Potter like you are. And Well, thank you. I uh, I appreciate that, seriously. That's a little bit like a backhanded compliment. sounded like well, a hey, I, I, him, but it is a compliment. Um, He's a nice kid. Or so young man, I should say. I wish, you I wish we would have talked about Boss a little bit sooner. Um, I don't know if Brandon's going to text back that fast. So, um, if he texts back, I'll have, I'll have Jeff let you know. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah, you're an A on he, the He on told the me the pages. other day that, let me tell you exactly what he said. I know it's uh it's getting it's getting real out there as far as like the the shortage. Yeah, I mean it's 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 wicked, man. It really he, is. He said we are a month out from being out of stock for about three weeks. And that was um, last week, so you got a couple weeks to get you some shells, and they're going to be out for a little bit again. Because right, I did look on their website, and it says that they're out. So they are, yeah, so that's yeah, I'm, yeah. I just looked at their website, and it said they're out of twenty gauge. <clears throat> it says they're out of air. I looked at yeah, 12 everything. gauges yeah. also. So. Yeah, they're out of everything. It's a good problem to have. I mean, if you're in business, you know, you want, oh, yeah, you want absolutely. people buying your shit. So. Oh, yeah. I know that I know that they wish they could get more of the stuff yeah, that more, they need to make yeah. shotgun shells. but this, Absolutely. You know. Though snow goose, it's going to be a huge situation come snow goose season. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of guys that don't listen to podcasts that just – that. Because the podcast is the new news now. That's where you get all your information anyways. Don't listen that are going to have no clue. And then, then in January, in January, they're going to be looking for shells. I'm like, gosh, damn, can't get no shells. Yeah, because there, there's a lot of guys that snow goose hunt that don't do any other waterfowl hunting right, other than right. snow goose hunting, you know. They're going to, like, not even realize. They're going to go out and they're going to be like, man, I used to be able to come and buy four cases here, and now I can buy two boxes. And there might not even be two boxes. Not this year. Better, yeah. better plan accordingly. 
Well, listen, man, it has been a pleasure talking to you today. Um, I hope that you're wrong. I hope that your forecast, I hope we get a hard winter. I hope it hits early, it stays in, and uh, lots of snow up north. And uh, listen, if you're shocked by it, It'll be a good. It'll be a good day for waterfowl hunters. But I I hope I'm wrong too. I, I'm kind. I'm kind of. I'm kind of on your page also. You know, just I think it's gonna be like last year. Hey, you tell Reed yeah. to go ahead and set aside a seat for me, okay? Nah. Dude, I will. I will. I'll, I'll text him. All right. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you very much. Yes. God bless you. And God bless Oklahoma. Yes. Thank you. You bet, bud. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, I got fast fucking hands today, Jeff. I'm telling you, if I had a daughter, that would be my dream kid right there. I thought Blake Poppy was. Well, I was just being nice to Blake. Oh. I would let my daughter date Blake. I like Blake. Blake would be a lot of fun. I didn't really want him having sex with her, but I'd like him to be around her. Just pile driving that, her every that, night. That kid right there is a that is a good American kid right there. If you got a daughter that's about 18 years old, you need to set her up with him because he would make you a good son-in-law. I'd have all kinds of stuff to talk to about that boy. <laughs> yep. But... I guess if he, he was marrying my daughter, she really wouldn't give two shits what I wanted to talk to him about. Uh-uh. Nope. And she would be a fan of mine about like your daughter, like your wife is sometimes. And Jesse loves me 99% of the time, but 1% of the time she's not real happy with Judge. All right, let's get off of here. Hope everybody has a good week. God bless y'all. Uh, be safe. Go check out all of our wonderful sponsors. If you need shotgun shells, you better get on the ball. Call them up at uh, Boss Shot Shells, Dirty Duck Coffee, Lucky Duck, Dive Bomb Industry, Specific Calls, Shin Gear Waiters, uh, Eyesight Drone Service, Bangtail Whiskey, Goose Creek Retrievers, Gundog Outdoors, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, and Stanford Hunting Outfitters.